So many times we compare ourselves to others, and the Bible says it's not wise. We'll compare the season of our lives to the snapshot of someone else's life. We'll compare our whole life to a great season that somebody's in. We'll compare our having to work overtime to somebody that doesn't have to work. Or compare our being unemployed to somebody that has a job. Or compare our lack of a vacation to somebody that's on vacation. We need to be careful what we post online. We're declaring in this series of things that we are, things that the Bible says we are, and it's my hope that these things seep deep into our psyche, revolutionizing our hearts, making us who we really are, helping us to live out who we are. Ephesians chapter 1, after an introduction, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has... Blessed us. Has. You're already blessed. Regardless of what circumstances look like, you are blessed. He has blessed us with what? With every spiritual blessing. Can we say every? Every. If it's a spiritual blessing, you've been blessed with it. You may not be tasting it today, but it's yours. In the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. Notice, these are things He has done for us. Not by our merits or by our efforts. He has done this for us. Not based on our past or our present. Not based on what society has labeled us as. Based on His love before you were ever a twinkle in your mama's eye, God predestined you to be blessed and make you accepted. The word that Paul used there for accepted, written in the original language of Greek, is a word karitao which is a variation of the word grace, making us graced or highly favored in the beloved. That word is only one other place in the New Testament, and it was used by the angel Gabriel nine months before Christmas when he visited the Virgin Mary and told her she has been highly favored to bring the Son of God into the world. Verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, According to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, or His wisdom and His prudence. So notice we're talking about something we've received because of His blood, His grace, His wisdom, His prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Himself. This isn't something he did because he's sorry for us. He did this because it's his pleasure. He did this because he wanted to. This isn't the playground experience of some of us. I'm not the most athletically inclined. I was raised in a church that taught organized sports was a sin. And so in the neighborhood, when kids chose up teams, I would get chosen last. It would kind of go like this. Okay, you get the girl, we'll get Latta. 
We're not chosen like that. We're chosen because God wanted us. God wants you. He's after you. Cold, cruel, man-made religion may tell you God's mad at you and hates you and can't wait to throw you in the pit, but actually he went through a lot of trouble to redeem you, to capture your heart in such a way that your heart is broken and you're willing to follow him. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. And he goes on to declare some other things throughout the rest of the chapter of awesome things that are ours, and we need to realize it. And so he, he begins to pray in this chapter, praying. You can pray. Who knows you can pray with your pen. Good to pray with your pen. Start journaling and writing your prayers out. Chapter 2 begins declaring the things God has saved us out of, that we were dead in trespasses. Once we walked according to the world and according to the prince and the power of the air, and we were sons of disobedience, and we followed the lust of our flesh and the desires of our flesh and our minds, and we were children of wrath. Anger ruled our lives. But God, verse 4, who is rich... In mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. So God's rich, he's rich in mercy, and because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. All right, there's kind of a parenthetical statement there. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, You can skip even when we were dead in trespasses. And look at this. Because of his great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. So he did this in spite of us. We were dead, spiritually dead in trespasses and sins. Because of his riches, his mercy, his great love, he loved us and made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I'd like to focus for a couple minutes before we launch into the sermon what it means to be in Christ Jesus. Our riches, our blessings that we have, the treasures we have in Christ Jesus are there because of who He is and what He's done for us. Nothing to do with us except for us to receive. Now we understand through the Gospel that God sent His Son to die for us on the cross so that whoever would believe in Him might not perish but have everlasting life. So He died for us. That is, He paid our penalty for us. But He didn't just do that. He came as God's representative. He was God manifest in the flesh. But before God, He is our representative. So He took on our sin. He became, as it were, through substitution, He became us. Even though He was much better than us, He was sinless, He became us and died for our sins or died as us. And when He rose from the dead... He came alive as us. So in Him, I am dead, buried, and risen 
from the dead. That is redemption. In Him, we have all that He did as us. Not just for us, but as us. Now, I can't expect you to swallow all that in one day, but begin to think about that. Jesus, you took my place, so you did it as me. It's kind of like power of attorney. If you grant someone the power of attorney, you legally give them the right to act in your place. Now, we understand Christ has authorized us and given us position to act in his place, to represent him, right? He's the head, we are his body, we're the hands and feet of Jesus. But we need to look at the other side of that coin. He became us. And we were worthy of being penalized. And so he was. And so as us, he rose from the dead victorious, leaving the curse of our sin behind. We are incredibly blessed. Tell your neighbor, you are blessed. You are blessed. The word blessed means to hallow or make holy. It means to protect or to confer a desirable quality on another. To thank, to wish well. When someone sneezes, people say, bless you. They're wishing you well, wishing you good health from whatever's bothering you. To bless means to invoke divine care for. Blessed is a verb. Blessed is an adjective. Blessed means to be highly favored or fortunate, that is, by divine grace. It's a state of having received a blessing. This is us. We are blessed. Here's a little guy that's blessed. Prince William and Lady Kate brought George into the world. This guy doesn't know he's blessed. When he messes his drawers and gets uncomfortable, he cries just like the poorest person's child. When he's hungry, he complains just like children who are in refugee camps. He doesn't know who he is. And he's really blessed. He's a member of the royal family, which really doesn't have much responsibility anymore. They just have figurehead status, and they're born into the world By virtue of British tradition, they hate to change anything, he's got it made. And even though as he grows up and he understands some people won't like the royal family, people may criticize him, it's not going to ruin his day because he's got it made. But right now, at this point in his life, he doesn't understand that, he doesn't see that, he's just like anybody else. We are just like anybody else. If we don't understand who we are yet. Christians can complain just like any unbeliever when things aren't going their way. Realizing, hello, George, you're worth millions. What's the problem? Does that make sense? You are blessed. You were blessed. And you're going to be blessed. You are blessed in the present. How to enjoy this great fact. Three joy robbers to beware of. Beware of ignorance. And I mean that as kindly as I know how. The Greek word gnosis is a word which knowledge is based on. means to know. Igno means not to know. Beware of not knowing. 
Beware of what you don't know. In our courts today, you no longer can plead ignorance. You can plead insanity, but not, I didn't know. That's why you hire lawyers. You may not have really known, but because you broke the law, you could very well pay the highest penalty for it, even though you didn't know. It's no longer a defense, not knowing. Hosea, the prophet, said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What you don't know can hurt you. May the Lord help us as believers to become people of the book. That's what Muslims call us. They call us people of the book. But may that label be correct, not that we just carry a book around, but that we know what it says about our faith. May we understand. May we be able to defend the faith. May we understand who we are. May we be able to make disciples and teach our children and our brothers and sisters. May we be able to encourage each other from the contents of this book. Beware of forgetting. Boy, I've forgotten more than you'll ever know. You ever heard that said? It can be true. Help us, Lord, to not forget. Expand our RAM, our random access memory, to not lose what's on our hard drive. Beware of forgetting. David wrote in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Verse 3, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Maybe you've been crowned with the label loser, but God crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Sometimes we need mercy, and He crowns us with it. He blesses us. I want to backtrack. Something I read relating to our text today in Ephesians 1, and I loved it. This person wrote, We oftentimes assume that God doesn't want to bless us, or if He does that we have to pay Him back. But God is good. We don't have to make Him bless us. Paul wrote that those in Christ are blessed with election, holiness, predestination, adoption, redemption, forgiveness, grace, and the Holy Spirit seal. All to the praise of God's glory. In response to these spiritual blessings, we praise the God who blesses us. It makes me want to shout. (laughs) There's content to the praises of God's people because we know we are blessed. Can I get an amen? amen? Beware of not abiding in what you know. Beware of not residing in what you know. Beware of not drawing fulfillment from what you know. What are you abiding in today? Well, we abide in a house to keep ourselves out of the shelter. What are you abiding in spiritually that has been a substitute for the blessings that God has for us? Jesus said in John eight thirty one, If you abide or continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. We've been called to be disciples. Who knows that? 
Being his disciple means we follow him. We follow his discipline. We reside in his word. If we do this, we'll know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, the secular world often quotes that, the truth will make you free. But the truth that makes you free is the truth that you know. And the truth that you know that makes you free is the word of Christ that we abide in. So if you want to walk in freedom, you want to enjoy freedom, you've got to know the truth that makes us free. And the truth that makes us free comes from the word of Christ that we abide in. There's something about meditating on the word. You meditate on the world's problems long enough, it'll make you depressed. But you meditate on the word, it'll make you impressed, expressed, and inspired. You are blessed. This picture reminded me of a story that I heard years ago of someone that bought a passenger ticket on a passenger ship to sail from Europe to America. And this particular guy that bought the ticket couldn't afford to buy any food on the ship. And so he never went in the dining hall, although he would look through the windows and pine for just a taste of those steaming steaks and the delicious gravy and mashed potatoes and I better stop. And he'd go back to his little bunk where he was sleeping and eat cheese and crackers and slowly eating it so it would last the whole journey. And when they arrived at the port, at the gangway, when they're debarking or disembarking from the ship, the captain's there bidding people farewell. Thank you so much for sailing with us, Mr. Smith. Thank you so much for being our passenger, Mrs. Jones. When he met this gentleman, he says, Sir, I've not met you. What table did you sit at in the dining hall? I thought I'd met all the passengers. He says, Oh, I didn't have a table to sit at. I, I barely could afford to get my ticket. I'm glad to to make you here. Nice to meet you. The captain says, let me see your ticket. He says, man, read the fine print. It says here, meals provided. You could have eaten with us every time food was served. Brothers and sisters, read the fine print. Get you a large print. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You were blessed. This is the foundation of our present situation of being blessed. We were already blessed. We were born like Prince George of England. We were born blessed. How to connect to this foundation of our blessings? Number one, remember our forefathers. Who's your daddy? This is what the Bible says God said over the first humans. He blessed them in Genesis 1, the first chapter of the Bible. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion. He blessed them with authority to use. What's the temptation? The temptation was not to walk in the authority they were blessed with. The temptation was to forget their assignment. Should a snake have been in the garden where they were placed to keep? 
Should they have surrendered their dominion and authority to him? No. They were tempted to believe that they weren't blessed. And here was a temptation. God had said, do not eat of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, for the day you eat of it, you will die. So the temptation was, God doesn't want you to eat of it, because he knows that in the day you eat of it, you'll be like him. And he doesn't want you to be like him. You want to be like God? You want to be greater? Have this. Advertising works like that to this day. You generate a sense of discontent so that you can have this. Aren't you tired? You deserve a break today. Don't you want cheaper insurance? Don't you want to look good like the stars? Don't you want to be like God? They were already like God. They were already blessed. They were being tempted to believe they weren't. You know, God's holding out on you. The opposite was true. It was a lie. Saints, you are already blessed. To believe otherwise, based on your circumstances, is to believe a lie. Remember our forefathers. God blessed them. But even after the fall, he blessed them with this promise that he would bruise the head of the serpent through the seed of the woman. That, Genesis 3, is Jesus Christ, the son of a virgin and of God, came to take the authority away from the enemy that had been surrendered to him in the garden and restore it to us. We have been blessed. The journey to that seed, God initiated a covenant with a man named Abram, and every time he visited Abram, he proclaimed blessing over him. Here's the first occasion. The Lord said to Abram, Genesis 12, verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There it is. All the families, that's our forefathers of the earth, will be blessed through the blessing of Abraham. And according to the New Testament, we are all children of Abraham by faith. God initiated a covenant with a man that believed in him. It was not because of his genetics. It was not because of his character. It was because of his faith. Because he believed in him. Put your faith in God. You too will be a child of Abraham. Remember our forefathers. There's an awesome story in the story of King David. Israel's first king was a man named Saul. And Saul had a son that was lined up to become king named Jonathan. They were both killed in battle. And Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. And his nurse fled for their lives and dropped him and broke his feet. They didn't heal up properly. And he became a grown man, crippled. And he's hiding out because now the new king is King David. And one day David does some research to discover if there's anyone left of the household of Saul and finds out that Mephibosheth was living in hiding, fearing for his life, in a place called Lodabar. He sends for him, brings him to his palace, and Mephibosheth falls at his feet and calls himself a dog, begging for mercy. 
And of course, he didn't know that David had a covenant with his father, Jonathan. He didn't know that David loved Jonathan and promised, I got your back. And so, because of a deal that his father had made with the king, he was blessed, but he didn't know it. His lack of knowledge had him hiding for his life. But when Revelation came, he moved into the palace and sat at the king's table and seated with the family. You didn't know he was crippled. He was restored. The name Mephibosheth means dispeller of shame. Yet he was living in shame. He wasn't exhaling shame. He was inhaling it. Living the reverse of what his name meant. And his shame was dispelled. He was blessed, but he didn't know it. And the blessing came through his father. You're blessed, and you may not know it, but the blessing has come through our forefathers. The deal God made with our forefathers blesses us. Who has some good friends here? If you die, would you want some of those friends to take care of your kids? you have any friends like that you would trust your kids to? If you don't, you need some new friends. Our children are blessed by our relationships. You got the picture. We are blessed. We need to believe in Jesus and his promises. He is our foundation. He is the stone laid for a foundation, the chief cornerstone. He was prophesied to bring blessings to the world in numerous places in the Old Testament. At his birth, as we celebrate Christmas, we'll remember the angels proclaim, glory to God on the highest, on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. That's blessing. Shalom is blessing. Goodwill towards humanity is blessing. His biggest sermon recorded in Matthew 5 and 6 begins with nine blessings that we call the Beatitudes. He gives the blessings of rest he promised to the weary in Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew 19, he blesses little children. While praying in John 17, he prays for us and blesses us by praying for our unity. When he ascended back to the Father, the Bible says his hands were raised, Luke 24, check it out, And as he's going up, he is speaking blessings over his followers. Believing his gospel blesses us with salvation. Receiving his spirit blesses us with his power. And his being cursed for us results in our being blessed by him. Listen to this in Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why did he do this? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. So there it is. The blessings that were given to Abraham through his seed all the nations of the world would be blessed has come to us through Christ Jesus because he became cursed for us that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So connecting to your blessing, 
comes through the realization that you're already blessed. And it comes through believing in Jesus. He is the connection to being blessed. Put your faith in him and in his promises and receive his promise of the Holy Spirit. Before ascending in Luke 24, he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power. This is a blessing from on high. In Acts 1.8, he says, Receive the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power and be witnesses to me. This is a blessing. In Acts 2, after that blessing began to be fulfilled, the Holy Spirit was already poured out, and the Holy Spirit is already here in the earth. We don't have to ask for Jesus to send the Holy Spirit from heaven. The Holy Spirit's already here. It happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Peter preaches his first sermon. He ends that sermon, says, For the promise, that is the Holy Spirit, is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the call today is to become a believer in Jesus and become a receiver from Jesus. Believe in him, believe he died for you on the cross, and receive from him and receive the fullness of his Holy Spirit. It is a promise to us. Well, I'm not sure about that Holy Spirit stuff. That is not truly believing in his promise. He promised. Let's trust him and believe. He said in another place, if your child asks you for bread, will you give him a stone? If he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? Begin to ask the Lord every day. Lord, I ask you to fill me with your Spirit today. Fill me with your Spirit today. Receive the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them in John twenty twenty two, right after his resurrection. Receive the Holy Spirit. He promised us power. This is blessing for us to receive. It's ours. The Holy Spirit came to bring this to us. He's already here. Blessing. You want to be blessed? You are blessed. This is yours to receive. There's like a gift under your tree. Open it up. And you will be blessed in the future. If you want to be blessed in the future, you will be. It all begins by being born again. How to enjoy your future now. Some people are enjoying their future now. And in the future, they're going to be broke because they are charging their credit cards to the max. Having a good time now. But in the faith of Jesus that he gives us, We can enjoy our future now, and the future gets better, but we're enjoying the benefits of it now. Like when Prince George begins to realize who he really is, he can enjoy life even more. Even though he won't be wearing a crown on his head, if he has a bad day, it's not a big deal. You know, better days are coming for me. (laughs) Become spiritually born again. Jesus Told Nicodemus in John 3, 3, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You want to enjoy the future? Become born again. What does it mean to become born again? It means to become as a child. Unless we become as children, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Become as a child. Realize that you need a Savior. Well, I'm a self-made man. Well, you may be, but you're never going to be a self-saved man. And somebody potty trained you anyway. So nobody's a self-made person. Become as a child and say, I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. All I'm doing is messing things up. I need some help. 
and I don't want to offend anybody. So if you can't receive that right now, it's okay. Just remember it. When you see yourself in a big mess, call out to Jesus and ask him to truly save you. Maybe you went through the motions in some church service somewhere, but when he truly saves you is when you call on him with all your heart like a child crying out for mama. Call on him. Maybe your life is in a mess and you don't feel worthy. It's because of his kindness, his mercy, his pleasure, his love, his wisdom, his prudence that he extends a call to you to become as a child and come to him and receive all that he has for you. Next, to enjoy your future now, you can know if you're in the book of life. Is your name in the book? Revelation, written by John, talks about seeing a great white throne and appearing before the throne. He says in verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. So there's books. And there's the book of life. Now, this is my personal belief, but I could be wrong. But I believe these are the books, 66 books, God's word that we're going to be judged by. And then there's the book of life that we don't have, but hopefully our names are in it. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And verse 15, anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in to the lake of fire. So we've all done wrong. We're all going to answer for the lies which we've lived according to God's revealed will in the books, whatever they are. So we're all going to stand in need of salvation. And so what's most important on that day is making sure your name is in the book of life. Use your name in the book. And look forward to Christ's second coming. And all 60 Sundays when we declared things that Jesus is, there's one thing we left out. We didn't get there. Today we'll touch on it. Jesus is coming back. The Old Testament announced his coming, a suffering servant, the bright morning star, the son of man, the ruling king, the promised Messiah. We're talking about Jesus. John the Baptist announced his coming. God became flesh, born in a manger. We're talking about the Jesus of Christmas. Wise men worshipped him. Shepherds marveled at him. Angels sang his praises. Glory to God in the highest. He walked the streets of Galilee. Healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind, expelling demons from the tormented. Forgiving the sins of the outcast, bringing hope to the hopeless. He is the image or icon of the invisible God. He holds heaven and earth together. He is our connection. He is the head of the church. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the Lion and the Lamb. He is the Amazing Grace. He was whipped and shamed. He was mocked and crowned with thorns. He died on an old Roman cross. He was laid dead in a tomb. He 
He rose alive and victorious. He ascended into heaven. We're talking about Jesus. Here's the good news. He's coming again. Are you ready? Let's pray. Lord, I pray for every person here. For those that are not ready for your return and for those that are not sure if they're ready for your return. Lord, I pray that you would bless us with the conviction of sin. Show us, Lord, what has been separating us from you. And make all of us like little children where we're willing to let things go to pursue your will with all of our hearts. And Lord, I pray that the revelation of salvation would come to every person in this room. To those whose names are in the book, Lord, may they know it. To those whose names are not in the book, Lord, may they know it. And may they call out to you, Lord, write my name in the book. Become my Savior today. In Jesus' name. Amen. You are blessed. You're not blessed to live like hell. You're not blessed to make your life a mess. You're blessed to walk in the blessings that He's given you to live. You're blessed to be able to come as a child and submit yourself to the discipline of your Heavenly Father. You're blessed to walk in the identity with which He has given you. You're a mighty man of God. You're an awesome woman of God. You're a son of the King. You've been crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. You are who God says you are. And you have what He has. May God give us the grace to walk in that. Can we stand? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. And may you know that He loves you and cares for you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. May you know that you are blessed in Jesus' name. And when you're tempted to look at temporary circumstances, may you, like Prince George, when he gets old enough, realize this is just small potatoes. I am a king and a priest. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get them, Tigers, and have a great Christmas. Amen.